0: Class is in session, and a year full of wonderful RPGs is drawing to a close. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming back my assistant, Ari O'Neill, back to the university, and welcoming for the first time to the university, Tatum, to look, at, to look back at a year full of RPGs that we've played, what some of our favorites have been, and perhaps what we're most looking forward to in the year to come. Tatum, Ari, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing, Tatum?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How, how are y'all doing?
2: Doing good. Get, getting ready for the holidays and all that craziness. Mhm. <laughs> Some of my Christmas gifts I have to make physically, so I've I've been doing that all day today. Um, Ooh. That's very, cool. Wow. It's been very fun.
0: We got we got our own fantasy Martha Stewart over here. <laughs>
2: Let's not go that far. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> if I end up in prison, I'll let you all know, though.
0: What what, what would you be your prison tattoo, Ari? Now, I, now
2: I'm curious. Definitely like a snowflake on my face, for sure. Instead for of sure? a teardrop tattoo, exactly. you get a
0: snowflake.
2: Oh, yeah, my exactly. God. Snow Snowflake drop. <laughs> yes. Yes. great with glitter, though.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Bedazz, bedazzle
0: it a little bit. Mm-hmm, be fantastic. But, yes, we are here to talk about the rpgs that meant the most to us in 2023 one could say rpg of the year nothing that official we're not going to die on a hill unless i don't know who knows maybe something will come we'll up see. but that's not yeah, maybe the I'll point.
2: get like really worked up about something that doesn't matter it,
0: it's possible i i mean tatum could have some big
1: like
2: dropping hates uh, the trails franchise just hates trails
1: out of uh, nowhere. <laughs> I there are people in my life that would stake me alive if I said anything. Oh yeah. Well, us too, series. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who,
0: who do you think got Cam Hawkins into the Trail series? Is all I'm going to say Tatum. You well,
1: uh, would never he would never tell anyone that. Absolutely not. He's going to uh, take all the credit.
0: <laughs> but uh but yes. So, I guess uh we'll start with you Tatum as this is your first time on the university. What's kind of been your general feeling and thoughts on the rpg genre uh this year
1: as as a whole like what do you think oh man this i mean this was a banger year for rpgs like this we i feel like just about every month if not every other month uh had some sort of like great rpg experience to play Mm -hmm. and uh you know and we also had some great content updates on a lot of live service rpgs like the patches for final fantasy 14 have been incredible um as Mm -hmm. they lead into their the, the dawn trail next year um the destiny seasons have been on point um warframe had two major uh like content drops this year like it's been it's been a solid year for rpgs all around
2: 100 100 same question to you ari yeah i think i mean for sure everything tatum said but also like the genre variety i feel like we, we are so spoiled this past year we got something for everyone really truly like straight up from sea of stars which is like straight up mario rpg like straight up a super nintendo game um mm-hmm. with all of the things that make it modern that you would want and then you know the pciest of pc rpgs in boulder's gate uh persona 5 tactica i'm sure there are other tactics games this year i feel like there were probably other ones that i didn't hear about front
0: mission 2 um
2: that one got released yeah um i don't know if that one was better than the the first remake i didn't hear i know people were very unhappy with the first front mission remake but hopefully the second one was better um but yeah i I mean spoiled just spoiled in every every regard if you're one of those people that considers zelda an rpg or at least more recent ones uh you got that too right like (laughs) you you really got everything that you could have wished for um and and it feels like there is room for all of those games i think like there Mm -hmm. are some genres where there's like a real struggle to find room for like first person shooters like you know do you play or shooters in general, I guess. Like, do you play Fortnite or Call of Duty or, or Apex or only one of those, really, realistically? But here it's like, you know, I, I don't necessarily play a lot of turn based RPGs, but, you know, this year makes a strong case for me for them, I'll say. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I love that. I love the variety.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, this was definitely the year of the RPG, I feel like. There were so many games. Oh, Final Fantasy, or I speaking of strategy games i just realized fire emblem engaged Mm -hmm. uh was this year was back in january yeah um it's a great game also yeah very good game uh but i think there were so many that it's you forget what actually came out this year or it was just so much and rpgs are not short games Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) but like you were saying, Ari, there's there was something for everyone. You had the old school style games. You had the remakes. You had a bunch of remasters, some of varying uh, degrees of quality. Cough, Cough Tales, Symphony remastered. What the fuck? <laughs> um, but no, and but then you had Ishin really finally releasing in the West. You had Super Mario RPGs remake. You had Botan Kaito's releasing. You finally, we finally got Trails to Azure. We'll be going far deeper into trails in a little bit but and then you had surprises you had the tales of arise expansion uh Mm -hmm. release and Mega Man battle network collection release there was just like you said there was something for everybody um so i guess this uh perfect segue into that uh tatum what what's one of the rpgs that really stood out to you or that you fell in love with this year
1: I don't know if uh, you heard of it. It might be a game you know slid on the radar a little bit called Baldur's Gate Three. What? Um, little that's that's the a- Norse a- god,
0: a- 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 right? Baldur. Yeah. Uh, it it's God of War game.
1: I I mean, you know, I had never <laughs> made that connection until you said that just now. Uh,
2: <laughs> but the, guy, uh, the guy's name's like Balduron. It's it's different enough that you know, whatever. <laughs> You guys get it. it. Not related. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh it. Yeah, that game just has, just, just infested every ounce of my brain. No pun intended. Like mm-hmm. it's, it it is incredible. I'm I'm on my third playthrough right now, trying to nice. go through their honored mode, um, which is uh turning out to be really difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but man, man, what a good game. Um, I I have I have other things I could bring up, but I want to make sure y'all y'all can go next. I
0: I I think Baldur's Gate will be on all of our lists, so I think this is a perfect opportunity to actually we'll we'll just kick get this behemoth out of the way first yeah, and foremost. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What a what a wild year that a Dungeons and Dragons game is like one game of the It's winning all these accolades, beating tears of the kingdom in a number of uh game of the year award contests and stuff like that. And I, I think has stuck around and been more prevalent in the zeitgeist longer than tears of the kingdom
2: uh, mm-hmm. ha- had been.
0: Yeah, for um, sure.
2: Yeah. But it's the just fact, wild. It's definitely a help. And, and the fact that like, Yeah, the game is kind of built for that, right? It's been in early access for so long. It's been—I'm sure, like the people that have been playing in early access. I haven't actually like talked to a lot of folks that have, but I'm sure, like this game has never left their thoughts as well. (laughs) Like I, I bet that they've just been obsessed, like waiting for August of this year for years at this point, and I'm so happy for them.
0: (laughs) I was waiting in that long line back at PAX West right before the pandemic happened mm-hmm. where this game got announced. It, it like, yeah, such a big, such a big deal. And to see it received and turn out so well, yeah, later on the later acts I've heard get get a little jank. But man, this this I, is I, just a gay, special
2: game that has been spread across the world. And, and certainly there's crashes and bugginess and stuff. To come with a game like this, but listen, Act three rips, <laughs> and <laughs> I will hear nothing else to the contrary I mean, no. is,
1: is 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 a video game on itself, yeah,
2: it's like you hit the fifty hour mark and it's like, all right, next fifty hours we got you covered. It's like all here, it's in Boulder's Gate, baby, let's go um yeah i I love Boulders Gate three. I am also on my third playthrough i'm not playing on honor mode i played it entirely co-op which i know scott you did with divinity original sin 2 incredible experience Mm -hmm. oh
1: man yeah i am also playing slowly playing through a co-op campaign with some friends right now and like Mm -hmm. it just feels like a different game yeah
2: i mean like so that was like my first playthrough basically was the co-op one over the course of about two and a half months and luckily the two people i'm playing with are like absolute sickos like me so like it's like, all right, you know, Saturday, we, we like all cleared our schedules. Like ten hour a day, we're going in. We're, we're we're gonna order pizza halfway through and take a little break, and and we're gonna just we're gonna go to Boulder Skate. Um, Gaming is so back; it's so back, yo. S- <laughs> such an experience. It's it's an incredible experience,
0: and it's Boulder Skate is done so well that it is the most like Dungeons and Dragons like experience as a video mm-hmm. game that I have played yeah. from the ludicrous and hilarious interactions and things you can do to the emotional, like kind of gut wrenching parts in the tense moments. It, uh,
2: the it, tension it's magical. in that game is incredible. I will say like in particular, like when things ratchet up and, and get really serious, like it is breathtaking what they are able to pull off in that game. Mm. Um And yeah, I, I think like a big part of it is all the, I mean, the six core companion characters, I think, really make this game what it is. Um, they are just all so great, and they have that richness that, like, a critical role character would have, right? Like, if you are a consumer of d d but maybe don't play a lot of it, I think that's kind of what you want. It's what you want out of that experience, or at least in your head, maybe it's what you want. There are other things that are great about d d as well. Um and all, like, you know, Shadowheart, Lazelle and Carlac, and Will, and Gale, uh, and Asterian especially, like, they just have these arcs that, like, take you through this person's life in a way that is, like, so rich and so enriching to you as the person experiencing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, a lot of conversations have happened around, like, Asterian in particular, but, like, the representation of, like, just different kinds of people that you meet. Uh, and culture and and like friction between those cultures, like done so well. I'm just blown away by the the core cast of this game. So so good, just so good.
0: Uh, kind of speaking of the core cast, I want to hear about both of yours, uh, characters. So Tatum, tell me about one of your heroes that you've made and played as in Baldur's Gate.
1: Oh yeah, I uh, who do I want to talk about? I'll talk mm-hmm. about my Dark or So, no. I, I'll talk about my first character, which was still the Dark Urge, but it was a good Dark Urge character um, where Actually. I was overcoming the urge. Um, she was, Her name was Safira She was a uh, half-elf uh, who was a paladin, and uh, she ended up romancing Shadowheart, uh, because who else are you going to romance in that game? Um... <laughs> and uh no it's just kidding everyone's great <laughs> i partner.
2: know i know i I agree with you it, but also lazel <laughs> is so good carlake's so good I, they're I also
1: it. everyone's so good they so good. good gail's good will's good um but yeah it it she uh yeah it was uh very much on because i so i knew very little about like baldur's gate as a franchise um and i was like oh this dark urge concept is fast is fascinating because it is a custom character that actually has agency in the world and does not just like revolve around them Mm -hmm. uh and like it just it felt more integral to the experience and uh and yeah just like going on that journey of figuring out what the dark urge is how to overcome it um and making those choices along the way was was a really stellar experience uh and i had no idea that paladin and half elf would be like the most popular choices of race and class if i had known that i would have done something way more interesting Um, people
0: love elves like just that's just like a dnd thing like it's wild in
1: in hindsight it was boring and i could have been more interesting (laughs) and i wasn't but then on my next playthrough i did pick a dragonborn so i at least went for something more spicy
0: there you go I, I play a Dragonborn in the actual D D game that
2: uh Ari runs for Irrational Patches. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, it's and true. they have uh gemstone dragonborns in Dragonskate yeah. 3, which is so cool. It's very cool. Uh what about you, Ari? Uh tell us about a character you've played. My yeah, my first character is Faye, who was an elven bard, high elf bard. Again, love an elf. Just love a good elf um it was very fun because this is my co-op group so one of them was like a drow rogue and the other was like a half-orc paladin um and listen there's one correct way to play boulders gate 3 and it's being a bard (laughs) because it's not really but it's so fun and they went out of their way to make that game so fun as a bard i was very much like role-playing her as like an aloof Kind of rich girl that doesn't know mm-hmm. why she doesn't have any money anymore, um, <laughs> because she got kidnapped and dropped off a ship, basically. Uh, but yeah, just going around playing music, goofing off, playing music between turns and battle. Uh <laughs> it was like, oh, who's playing music? That's oh, May. She's just setting the backtrack to this intense fight that you know, two people are down and and we're very stressed right now. Uh, it's just. Uh, what a fun playing a bard in that game. If you like lean into the idea, I think of it of like mm-hmm. run around and busker and run around and, and talk to people and be charismatic and say really silly things. Like, I think they made it so, so fun. And I'm just, yeah, yeah I loved it. What about you, Scott?
0: Um, uh, I'm playing a wizard, um, half elf wizard with two different colored eyes nice. uh, that that runs around in a cool hat. Uh, named Barnaby, uh, who's just kind of going about his day. Uh, Harlan spells. So, um, <laughs> so I'm playing with my divinity group, and we have are far less on top of things in terms of, um, consistently playing. So I actually haven't played tons of Baldur's Gate three, mm-hmm. um, but so like we've dealt with the hag and just discovering things, and and I. What has impressed me, and I've and I love so much about this game is how different everyone's experience with this game has been. Mm -hmm. Hearing about oh, I discovered this. Where, what, where'd you where'd you find that at? And how much this game has, and just the gameplay,
2: it nails it.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. It Definitely. Also, oh, sorry. Go ahead. uh, I was just
2: saying, like, it, it nails the at the table. Vibe, yes, uh, so well with with that of like, oh, what did you find over there? Or like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Um, and sharing those across different groups of people that have been playing it. We could go mm. ahead, Tatum.
1: Yeah, I, I was just gonna say to your point, like everyone's experience with it has been so different. Like all the way down to the ending of the game, yeah. like everyone's, even everyone's ending, has been so varied and nuanced and different. And but they like still all feel satisfying. Like it's very much. Like the opposite of what happened with Mass Effect 3 and how a lot of people were really <laughs> unhappy with how similar those endings were like Larian did a really really good job of making this ending feel satisfying wrapped up and like completely unique to the playthrough that you had
2: mm-hmm. yeah and I, I like a lot of that is tied to like who you romance and, and kind of who you want to settle down with so to speak but like the the gradation to that like how far the granularity I should say um, of, like, how far that goes. Like, when I finished it with my two friends and we were doing our three-person playthrough, like, all three of us ended up in completely different places, <laughs> right? And that's so cool with different people and, uh, like, basically the, the three people that we had romanced. Um, but, like, the scenarios that we were in with those three separate people were very, very, very different from one another. Uh, and I, I love that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, in bringing up Mass Effect, um Tatum, I'm I'm curious, I want both of your thoughts. Is this is kind of a two-pronged question is mm. I feel like Larian has taken up the mantle that BioWare has dropped. And also, do you think that there is any way that current BioWare can succeed with their neck with Dreadwolf, with Dragon Age Dreadwolf? in a post-Baldur's Gate 3 world.
2: Oof. Um, I'll say that <coughs> Baldur's Gate 3 in particular is the most Mass Effect to a cast of characters has felt to me, and that is, like, hmm. basically the highest compliment I can give a video game. Um, and I think part of that is, like, stakes that all the characters are, you know, privy to, right? Like, we all have or most of the characters have this tadpole situation that they need to deal with, right? Um, and that kind of like drives the group forward, similar to the suicide mission in Mass Effect 2. Um, kind of drives the group forward. Um, maybe there's like some kind of like writing connection there in my mind, but I think Dragon Age Red Wolf will be fine. I don't think it needs to be Baldur's Gate to be great. Because people also like RPGs that they can finish <laughs> um as as much as they like this one that will never be finished truly not not by any one person I feel like sure you could, but then it's gonna be a lot of time um <laughs> so yeah I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be rough it's gonna there's gonna be comparisons. I think we have to rise rise above those to to remember that this is going for a very different kind of game um. But I do think, like, this is... I think Boulder's Gate 3 is better than any Dragon Age or Mass Effect. Um, and, and and part of that comes, like, those games came before uh, and this game came after. I think there's certainly an aspect to that. Part of that comes from, like, the early access and Larian being just who they are. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they have to be too similar. Um, and I think... Dragon Age Dreadwolf will still be good for people that liked Dragon Age Inquisition. What about Hopefully. you, Tatum? Hopefully.
0: What do you think?
1: I, I'm I'm very much in the same camp. Like I think it is tough to uh say will Bioware's new game capture the essence of old Bioware? Because like on the human side of it, so much of that staff is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of them mm-hmm. got laid off this year, like that's going to be a completely different set of people working on this game. So like, yeah, it's not going to really feel like uh, whatever people would consider to be a classic quote unquote good Bioware game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they're, I-, I personally think we should try to move away from uh, kind of tying these bars of quality to specific brands Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. can start uh now just saying hey this specific type of experience uh that was similar to you know like 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 we're saying before like a mass effect 2 or a Knights of the old republic right like we can be more specific about uh different types of games but i have to tie it to studio names because in the grand scheme of things that staff on those games is always changing it is always either growing or shrinking like it, it will that the team will never be able to put out the same quality of product because of all of those changes uh and so i think and we don't even have to keep a game specific like we could just say like cinematic like long-winded rpgs or like you know whatever category mm-hmm. you want to make up about it like i think that's a that is gonna be a better lens to look at something like Dreadwolf through um, and kind of set expectations in a more realistic manner.
0: Mm. It's true. I guess I was coming at it from the the viewpoint since Dragon Age as a series was kind of created as a successor to the original Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Sure. And since this is coming, since Dreadwolf will be coming after this, I mm. I feel like there's there is bound to be that comparison because... Dragon oh, Age absolutely. is a
3: Western was created
0: yes. in the image of Baldur's Gate. Yes. And since uh, uh, that's what I was more curious. I completely agree with the, the layoffs. It's a completely different team. I'm just uh, I think that Dread Wolf will be admittedly unfairly compared to yeah. Baldur's Gate. 3. Absolutely. No, that's what no I'm, I'm saying. saying and sure. I'm just going to be curious to see if it manages to uh kind of circumvent or find a way to step out of that shadow because i think by the time they said 2025 for dreadwolf there's probably a decent chance we'll at least have potentially an expansion or like baldur's gate 3 definitive edition that larian likes to do Mm -hmm. so i think the shadow of baldur's gate isn't necessarily going to dim or shrink all that much by the time it releases so i'm just curious I'll, I'll be curious to see how the c- the current team at bioware manages to kind of address and kind of circumvent that issue
1: but I there there are lessons to be learned a bar has been raised for mm-hmm. sure yeah, yeah for sure. i think it's gonna be really interesting to see how each like what lessons each team mm-hmm. that is kind of develops in this space what lessons they are learning and taking away from Baldur's Gate's success because as we've seen time and time again like giant corporations and giant publishers are notorious for taking away the wrong lessons. Yeah,
2: that's like the One EA.
1: The EA aspect of of Dragon
2: Age Four is like the concerning part to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are people at Bioware still that like know what the kind of game that they want to make is and and are working on it. Um, it's tough though. Like we haven't even seen a second of gameplay <laughs> from this game. And I've heard that it's going to be, like, action combat, right? Um, and I've also God of heard, War-y, I've yeah, heard. I've also heard that, that there will be, like, some slow it down and turn-base it aspects to it. Um, and I have no way to reconcile. Like, after Dragon Age 3, which I thought was not very good, um, like, I have no way to reconcile what they're going to do on that level. And I think a big part of Boulder's Gate 3 in its approachability is its turn-based nature as well. I've, like, played with people they are like, oh, shit, I didn't know this was (laughs) turn-based. It's, like, it's (laughs) D&D, which is also Mm -hmm. (laughs) turn-based. But, like, I think, like, once you know or if you play D&D, it's, like, a different thing. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just D&D combat. That's fine. Um, But, like, there's a lot of fun to be had within action economy and... And Mm multi-classing and and multiple bonus actions and stuff like that. So uh I don't know what the equivalency for Dragon Age is, but I I know that 70% of that game is probably gonna be hitting people and the other 30% is gonna be talking to people. So it's weird to not have any point of reference for that big chunk of that game that is still on the horizon. Gonna be gonna be wild.
0: Excited for it. But it's gonna be wild. Yeah. Um but Ari, let, there will no doubt be an entire episode of RPG you devoted to Baldur's Gate 3 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, down the road. But Ari, what, uh, what's another RPG that's, or what's a, your first RPG that struck you this year?
2: I'll say, so the first, if we, let's say chronologically, just because you said that, and I'm going to extrapolate from there. Um <laughs> I a weird one and, y- and you said like hey it's safe to bring up old video games here. I'm going to bring up some old video games. Yeah. Um before we like jump forward to like Sea of Stars or something like that. Um I got really into Pokemon this year. <laughs> For like the first time really. You know, I've 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 had uh, my, yeah? my flings with Pokemon in the past. I've enjoyed a Pokemon game here or there, but like I got into pokemon this year (laughs) like it started with scarlet that was like that was the the holdover from last year um and then i was like all right well i'm going to play uh as many pokemon games as i can to get the pokemon from them to my my home my pokemon home um so i played through i'd played pokemon crystal before but i never finished it um and I was like, let's start from the beginning. So we, we did Crystal, exported all of those Pokemon to the bank and then to Pokemon Home. I played through uh Alpha Ruby or Omega Ruby. It's one of the two. It's either Alpha Sapphire or you guys. Alpha did it.
0: Sapphire or Omega Ruby. Omega Ruby. I think, I think. Um, I'm second guessing I, myself. Fuck it. I don't know.
2: Similarly, I had never finished like Ruby and or Sapphire or Emerald uh as young and like i'd I'd played a lot of these pokemon games again but i just i wasn't like getting into it building teams and things like that uh and then i i played i finally finished pokemon platinum same deal right i'd played that forever i still had my cartridge of it and i just start over delete my hundreds year old save at this point um (laughs) and then replayed pokemon black a a pokemon game that i had finished and did love and loved again um and then yeah I, i I dabbled with several other Pokemons. I did the DLC for Sword and Shield. Finally, earlier this year, I did. Um, I haven't played the Scarlet and Violet DLC yet because this was all the first half of the year, which is very funny to me because I really like that game. I'm probably like one of the few people that earnestly likes that game in spite of its flaws. <laughs> oh, no. I
1: also earnestly love Scarlet and Violet. Like I think they are one of the strongest Pokemon titles that have come out in a, in a hot minute. Yeah,
2: I love them. they're a complete disaster, mess. Totally oh, for sure. Totally recognize it. But I have put like two hundred hours into Pokemon Scarlet. I've done so many raid battles. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh I gotta get back to it. But yeah, I so like I have like I I could show you pictures of my screenshots of my Pokemon at home with like boxes of like pokemon omega ruby and it's like four boxes <laughs> of the 120 pokemon i bought i, I bought jesus caught throughout um, capitalism uh throughout <laughs> my playthrough of that game um and i have like 24 boxes of pokemon in pokemon home now which is insane um and yeah I, I like got into the gimmicks of each of those unique games and and just like really tried to appreciate the series as a whole and how much has changed and how we got to scarlet um and i like discovered along the way it's like oh shit i love this <laughs> i know it's like <laughs> i'm five pokemon deep right now pokemon games deep this year and i should have probably realized that earlier but oh my god i love pokemon um <laughs> and here we are <laughs> there you go i haven't played pokemon in like six months which is the weird thing because like then all of the video games came out um, mm-hmm. but like the first four months of this year were like almost exclusively pokemon for me uh, and like, Dead Space. <laughs> it's like, Dead Space, like, Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Uh, and it was just such a delight to, like, find whatever in me, like, might have kind of appreciated that from afar, and now, like, genuinely, earnestly loves it from within. Um, and, yeah, Pokemon's great. Happy to report Pokemon is good, actually. <laughs>
0: so now I- I'm curious. Are you tempted to go and check out some of the... Um, Pokemon-like games like cassette beasts and things, and I know, like in our, um, when we previously did the beginning of the month kind of look ahead shows, mm-hmm. they were there always seemed to be like a Pokemon-like or monster collecting game releasing, like an indie one. Um, and I'm curious, are you more interested in checking those out now, or the?
2: Probably not. I like. I think a big part of the appeal is the pokemon home aspect of it like Mm -hmm. i can go through in my pokemon home and you can like get the info and it's like you you caught this in this game and this was your player name and you caught it on this day and like that metadata and like having it all linked in and then i can take those to the next game Mm -hmm. like that is the gateway that got me into it the the collect them all and and have it like be somewhere that i can easily Mm -hmm. get get into so I think, like, something that's, like, just Pokemon mechanics, like, I could definitely play those and enjoy them a lot more now because I get it. And I've, like, done EV and IV training. I've done. Oh, like, wow. You went super deep, then. Well, you have to. If you're going to do the raid battles in Scarlet and Violet, you have to kind of do some of that stuff. Um, and, and they make it, like, easy to basically, like, respec in those games, which is really nice. Yeah, Um, they've
1: made getting deeper into it so much more accessible in recent entries yeah
2: um so like when i'm like playing omega ruby and i just have like my marsh stomp just stomp everyone and like you (laughs) know i'm not i'm not ev training my marsh stomp i know it's just like the convenience of my starter power Mm -hmm. um so yeah i I think like because those other games aren't going to have that connective tissue i'm not going to get into it but similarly like as you know, Scott, because you've been we do this show together and you've been on this journey with me as I've as it's happened to me and I've become more of like the RPG queen I was destined to be. Um I, you know, trails kind of got me more into turn-based games. And then from there I got into Pokemon, which is also a turn-based game. And that kind of got me more into the team building and and catching things and like, oh, I want to capture this specific Pokemon in its pre evolution so i can level it and evolve it and get it as strong as it can possibly be like i like that stuff now but i don't know if i want to do it without the the backdrop that kind of ties it all together
0: mm-hmm. speaking of great segue let's talk some fucking trails everybody Hell yeah
2: um tatum are you into the trails
1: games i not yet have <laughs> tried to play trails of cold steel one Okay. Uh I didn't finish it. I got distracted by other things. That is yeah. my experience with that series.
2: That's where I came in. It's That's
1: true. That's reference. where I
0: started as well. Yeah. Cold Steel.
2: You're
1: in I...
0: you're you're in good company.
2: Yeah, I don't think that. I know there are better places to get into it for sure. I'm not here to argue about that. <laughs> this is me talking directly to someone who's listening. Um but I I do think Cold Steel is like a fun po- Place to to jump in. It's true,
0: um, but yes, we had Trails to Azure, the conclusion to the Crossbelt duology, and then Trails into Reverie, which kind of completed everything up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, gotta, I just
2: love, I love these games. We, <laughs> you and I, haven't talked Reverie yet. No, because I haven't finished it yet. Uh, what? I know. Okay. I'm like. So close to the end, too. Like, if I told you where I was, Scott, you'd be so pissed at me. <laughs> you, I probably like, well, you never know with the Trails game. I might have 35 hours left. You really, truly do not know. Where, where are you? I'm like, everybody's come back together now. And we're in Crossbell. And I have access to the whole squad, basically.
0: Okay, yeah, you got a ways to go. Yeah. To c-
2: That's like kind of the vibe that I got. Uh, and I was like, this feels like a good place to stop because I have to go place it. Was like September something was coming out. I had to go play it. Was Boulder's 8 I think, actually. It was Boulder's okay. Um, but I like it, you know. I it's, I like, I feel like I like Reverie more than a lot of people do. Um, but yeah, I, you know, trails. What is there to say that we haven't said, Scott? It's what a great franchise! I know. Um,
0: and then slowly more people are playing and we have we have the next game next year uh trails into dawn that starts Mm -hmm. a brand new arc and they just announced like the conclusion of that arc in japan coming out next year Mm -hmm. it's just like "Ah, we could really need to uh catch up with those localizations but slowly but surely it's coming
2: um the thing is it's like i imagine like one is bankrolling the next right like the game comes out in Japan and that helps bankroll the localization project. No,
0: not at all. Really? Okay. We are like three games behind at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, maybe that's part of it, right? Like, I, the, prob- I, the problem they gotta, is. If they got to come slow, you know, there are worse things to suffer through.
0: They've said, like, these scripts are so massive. Yeah. <laughs> which they are. But falcom in japan won't start a localization process until the game has been released so there's no like concurrent things and at this point we're so far behind but luckily we've caught up with a lot of the ancillary games like crossbells out good reverie is out good now Mm. it's like we're all on the same arc again we're just beginning it and they're finishing it but you know details
2: yeah and that's like again i can live with that i think it feels feels great like i think reverie coming out this year and like me being able to finish the crossbell arc this year and like what cold seal 4 came out in 2021 right that sounds right yeah something like that um and i think i finished cold seal 4 in 2022 so like it feels not too too bad um it is like it's weird where like final fantasy 16 is now like being localized in english first right like that's how far jrpgs have come tales now is a simultaneous worldwide release yeah <laughs> and like those are, those are two of the big ones so like it's it's kind of nice to ha- be into like a niche jrpg again that is in this situation yeah that that is true because it, it um, reminds you how much we take for granted right like it's, tr-
0: <laughs> it's true T- the trail series does indeed uh Really put in perspective how lucky we are that all the other big RPG series have local like faster localization periods. Haven't and granted, blown up, you know those those games um, are developed by vastly bigger studios and developers, mm-hmm. um, and have vastly larger budgets. But mm-hmm. yes, Trails, play these games, everybody. Play yeah. these games. Check out the um,
2: the Crossbell games. I think that's also a great point to jump in. It is. Um,
0: and I guess kind of we'll we'll go back around, um, kind of my retro revisits came in the form of a lot of the the real the remasters that came out this year. I mean, we had mm-hmm. um started off with the Mega Man battle Network collection. I fucking love those games so so much. It was so Hell glad yeah. to Hell to get yeah. those games. <laughs> oh my God, I love these games. Tatum, I had no idea you were also a Battle Network fan.
1: Oh, what's up? I've been a Battle Network Mark since day one. (laughs) I picked that first game up in a GameStop on my Game Boy Advance, and I have played every single game since then. I have crushed the, the collection and hell yes they're so good i
2: it's so funny because like i played when it came out like that first battle network game i played that game for sure i finished it i think probably not realistically probably not so i was like what 12 or whatever um and i you know it was fine i was like i'm good <laughs> like i clocked out of that job i was like all right this is just not my cup of tea but it was really cool they're cool games i'm glad they're back for the people that want them oh i i i now have
0: to have you on uh tatum to just have just on an episode of one of the battle network games because i've only covered one one of them so far with ash paulson from um good vibes or yeah uh no not good vibes oh my god i'm blanking but yeah ash paulson um he was on to talk about battle network 3 what's the best
1: battle network game it's battle network 5 no question (laughs) scott Scott, comment (laughs) um
0: i really like two or three like two is solid um
2: that's crazy
0: (laughs) It, it's it's been a while since I've played five. I, I I need the refresher. So I only got through one and two, and then restarted three this year. So I haven't gotten revisited Battle Network five yet. But I'm getting there. Maybe. Hey, do you want to come on uh, Tatum and and we can gush about will, Battle Network five in the new year. Gladly talk about next year. Why Battle
1: Network five is the best Battle Network game. Excellent. Hell yeah! I look forward to
2: this podcast. I will not be participating, go.
1: but I'll definitely listen. <laughs>
2: Let's go.
0: Uh but yeah, Battle Network Collection. Absolutely love that earlier this year. Um we had Byton kite just one and two HD remaster this year. Mm-hmm. Wonderful getting to revisit that with its updates and and everything. Um Legend of Nayuta Boundless Trails, which was a PSP game remastered for the West. That's like a side spin-off thing of trails that release. I, I dabbled in that. I haven't finished it. Um but then i got finally got around to playing through fuga melodies of steel the super depressing child uh furry game where kids die in tanks um it's just it's and then super mario rpg remake it's just been a really good year also to revisit games
2: yeah great remakes this year yes i can can name three great remakes that i adored this year dead space resident evil 4 mario rpg yeah like and there's way more. There's so many more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> like remasters, mm-hmm. especially. I, I really got to play um, the. Is it Fantasy Star R two R
0: Star Ocean Star Star Ocean two R? That was a fantastic game as well. Thank love,
2: you. Love I can't keep game. all my fantasies and Star Oceans together. You know what I mean?
0: It's all. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, since we're zigzagging, give us another one of your
2: uh, RPGs, Ari. Um, I mean, we got to talk about Sea of Stars. We have to talk about this game. I love this game so much. I cried so much playing this game. I think it is beautiful. It is perfect. It is as close to what I want out of something like this, right? Like, th- think of me, Scott, all the things we've talked about, all the mm-hmm. things <laughs> that are, like, checkboxes for me are in this game in a way that, like, is executed so well. World map. Always talking about a world map. <laughs> I need a world map. I love it. It's in this game. There's puzzles on the world map. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> action commands in combat. I love this. Why Paper Mario came out and was the best in the biz and then everyone pretended like it didn't exist. I hope after Thousand Year Door Remaster comes out, everybody's doing it. I don't care. Copy that game. It's fine. It does it great. This game has it. You know, Incredible music incredible visuals like the idle animations all the way to like every specific boss move animation is just so incredible in sea of stars it's breathtaking some of the best pixel art i've ever seen in my 30 years on this planet um so so blown away by it and i think it, there is like I, I have very few personal investments in teams and people and the folks that make games. I have one for Sea of Stars for sure, mm-hmm. of like meeting the director and when he was working on the Messenger and just vibing really hard about that. I'd be like, oh, you make the exact kind of games that I fucking really like, <laughs> and like here are the three like your three favorite games. Is like okay, these are really great choices. Uh, And then, like, seeing that influence evolve into um, Sea of Stars, like, some things people probably don't know about this game that I don't, I wouldn't consider spoilers, um, but I think are, you know, things that, like, old games did that you might not know. Like, this game has a dev room if you do everything, where you can, like, go in a room in the world and see all the developers in in game render it and like talk to them like and and there is like stuff tied to that that like kind of continues some of the meta stuff that was in the messenger and it was stuff that I was like personally aware of because I really am invested in sabotage and the games that they've made and really like that was the last thing I did in that game and it's clearly stuck with me. I'm still thinking about it right now. Um And it just got me so emotional finishing that game of like how long they've worked on this game, how much time and effort went into it, being able to work with the, like Eric Brown, who did the music, being able to work with um, Matsuda, I think is the, the composer of Chrono Trigger. Um, And just like all the collaboration, all the heart that went into this game. Like it's, and it's, you know, it took me like 23 hours to do everything in it or whatever, like maybe 36 hours, somewhere 20 to 30 hours to do everything. Mm -hmm. And like that, this game can live so comfortably beside something like Boulder skate three, I think as just the other thing, right? Like not all games have to be everything. Some of the, some games in RPGs, especially can be just this thing, just this one thing, this heartfelt message or story or, or smaller thing. And Sea of Stars, I would argue, is still quite big by its own standards. Uh, And it's just extremely powerful. I think it is so, so moving and has so much to say about accountability, about responsibility for the planet and our ecosystem and the actions that we take and how those affect real people that really get hurt by them. I I just, they crushed it. I was, I've been looking forward to this game for years and years, and to get it and to have Uh it be even more powerful and emotional and beautiful than I even expected it to be is, is what a treat. What a, what a true treat and gift that, that Sea of Stars is. And if you haven't played it, it's on every, it's on every service. You know, it's on Game Pass, it's on PlayStation Plus Extra, you know, go get it. Just please. It's $35. I'm begging you. Please play this game.
0: <laughs> I I'm early on into it and I and I've really liked what I've played so far. Um yeah. I just met the little archaeologist uh girl with the journal, I nice. want to say. Um I don't remember her name. It's been a little
2: bit, but yeah, the the gameplay is is solid. It gets uh, even better, you know, like i believe it once you get like new companions and party Mm. members and like you start to get more combo moves and more special moves and all of them have this unique timing and animation and style to them yeah it's it is a tour de force for classic rpgs uh excellent and it's also you know its own thing that is very good Uh, there you go but yeah it's it's great i i highly recommend it have you played sea of stars uh tatum
1: i haven't um it is it's on my list of things that i very much want to play how's yeah. my
2: pitch did it did it move the needle at
1: all <laughs> i mean look the needle was already there but like you you've you've cemented it in place okay
0: you, you jiggle the needle yeah just
2: trying trying to move the needle up for folks <laughs> get them a little bit more interested it's it's very good Um
0: uh, but what about your next game tatum your next rpg
1: So I want to bring to the table a game that did not launch in 2023 or two of them, but Mm -hmm. they might as well have uh, because nobody knew about them until one super patch wolf uh, altered our brain chemistry and made us realize how we could not have lived without these games. Uh, And I'm talking about Fear and Hunger um, 1 and 2. Fear and Hunger... Is a game that I will think about for the rest of my life, probably. They take the concept of what an RPG like a classic RPG is. And What's the name of the game? Fear and Hunger. Fear and Hunger. There's okay. Fear and Hunger 1 and Fear and Hunger 2. It makes you completely like reassess and really not like take for granted aspects of rpgs that a lot of like quality of life changes have kind of just like put under like just shoved into a chest or under the bed to just like make you not really think about them anymore like menu navigation or uh map exploration uh or like really picking and choosing fights as opposed to just grinding things out for xp like these games make you really think about everything that you're doing uh, and whenever you come out the other end with a win, like you feel like you have toppled the Colossus, like it, it is so satisfying. Um, but I will also say for anyone that has not heard of fear and hunger, I think the best introduction to them is to watch super Eye Patch Wolf's video, um, talking about the first game and his experience with it. Uh, cause it does a really good job of kind of, uh, touching a lot of the sensitive t- Uh, topics of the game it covers a lot of uh really sensitive topics um there's a lot of dicks in the game if you are dick averse uh maybe don't play this one um but yeah it's 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 just it's it's wild because most of it was done by one person like from the art to the music like it's it is an achievement of like deconstructing what an rpg is uh, and, and I love them very, very much. Uh, the first one is more of like a classic like setup where you are a character that, um, that you've selected between four characters you can pick. Each of them has their own reason of why they're going down into the Dungeons of Fear and Hunger. Um, they have an objective they want to fulfill, um, and it is just legitimately going through each map, trying to make your way to the bottom of the Dungeon of Fear and Hunger to achieve that goal. And then choices you can make to determine, you know, what happens after that. And then Fear and Hunger Two completely goes in a different direction entirely, and says, "No more dungeons. Now we're gonna make like it's no, it's not in high fantasy or dark fantasy anymore. Like very Berserk inspired. Now we are in a Silent Hill, Bloodborne ass village where uh, it's a battle royale that's happening. There are like." 12 characters or something like that and you have to uh you are told by a god that says the battle royale has begun only one of you can leave the town alive okay go uh and then you like the way that events play out changes entirely based on the character that you are playing because each of them has their own like characteristics and goals Uh, And specialties and so if you're playing as one character and you have an interaction with one uh, with a different character and then another playthrough you swap those roles to where you are playing as one character uh, that you ran into before the like the way that people move around the map and and the interactions that you have are completely different because everyone has their own goals that play off of each other that dictates where they go around the map and where you can recruit them and the things you have to say. Uh, is completely different. So, like, Fear and Hunger Two is a like it takes the concepts of Fear and Hunger One mechanically and it brings it all the way back to. And here is a deconstruction of making choices in RPGs and the re- replayability of them. Like, it's it's just I could talk about these games forever. They they I played nothing but these two games over the summer mm-hmm. until Final Fantasy sixteen came out. It was crazy. Like wow. these games are wild
0: i just read a review on steam looking up some interesting imagery let me uh to be sure um (laughs) fought the woodsman got my arms and legs cut off but killed him anyway crawled to his basement and drew a genitalia at his basement and then got my limbs back 10 out of (laughs) 10
1: that's uh that's a pretty wild simplification of those events but i have so uh, many
3: questions
1: yeah it's uh it's wild those games are wild that sounds Um, wild (laughs) but like but like there's so many crazy things that could happen on fear and hunger one uh the way that you save the game is via coin toss if you lose the coin toss you don't save your game and whatever enemy is nearby will then spawn in front of you and you are forced to fight it you do not get xp from these battles you just get to survive so there is no incentive <laughs> to fight anything in the game other than to not die, because once you die, like you go back to your save point, and what did you get to save? Because you passed the coin toss or not? I don't know. Uh, also, I hate there is like this cursed sword that you can find. Uh, I won't say the steps you have to go through to find the sword, but it's like the strongest sword in the game, and. Uh, if you are not paying attention to your mind meter because you start to go crazy and your fears take hold of you, uh, there are moments where you can walk into specific rooms in the dungeon where your screen will go black, and when it comes up, your entire party is dead and you're covered in blood because the cursed sword made you kill your entire party. Mm. Uh, and There's, there's hate no, when that happens. And there's Dark no urge. indication yeah. that that is going to happen. It just, it just does because... I The more I was talking about this someone, they described the game as like, "Oh, so it's basically you versus the cruelest dungeon master alive. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly it. You are like trying to master these mechanics so that you can come out on top and tell this dungeon master, uh, no, you can't beat me. I beat you. It's, it's incredible these games. I don't want to say too much because like so much of these games, like magic is through just discovery. And uh, just, like, encountering these, like, incredibly imaginative and, f- and fucked up monsters. Like, also the monster design in this game is just, it is unlike anything else. Like, it starts out as, like, really traditional, like, s- kind of Eldritch beings. And it just slowly divulges into, like, more and more and more just surrealist, uh, like, incomprehensible and enigmatic stuff that just you can't put words to unless you see it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at on The Fear and Hunger 2 page. There's a picture of this creature with humanoid limbs sprouting out from underneath with a giant mouth composed of people's faces and a tongue of bones and like a hard rock armadillo carapace on top and a tank barrel coming out of its front.
3: Mm.
1: Oh, yes, the 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 flesh tank a classic
0: yeah sure i mean that's as good of a description <laughs> as any this is just uh in one of the pictures on uh on the on the the game's page steam page that's that's a picture that's a that is, <laughs> that yep, is flesh a, there, yeah flesh tank picture <laughs> that is indeed
1: a thing <laughs> there, there are mods out there um, that do censor a lot of the sensitive content um, if that is not your thing um, and you just want to experience it for what it is. So those mods do exist. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's just one of the most imaginative and thoughtful RPGs that I, I have played that I probably ever will play. And I'm going to be eyeing this developer's kind of journey going forward like a hawk. Like, I am, I am fascinated to see how you go... From Fear and Hunger One, traditional like dark fantasy brutalist RPG that goes into Battle Royale, Silent Hill, Bloodborne Town, uh and at, puts guns in an RPG and it like makes it all about player choice and uh discovery. Like, where do you go from that? I don't know, but like I really wanna I really wanna see what happens. Um so- Space
0: horror rhythm dancing game with a Phoenix Wright like uh interrogation oh my god you mechanic.
1: say that you say that fear hunger 3 being set in space sounds so sick Scott. it Goff. does sound so sick <laughs> uh, if it
0: comes to pass i'm going to take all the credit yeah
1: but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give it to you i can I only
0: here. assume uh that the developer listens so mm-hmm. you can That's have so that good. one for free miro uh haverenin <laughs> uh yeah Sorry, but,
1: but. everyone if and even if like these games don't sound like your your drive at least go watch the super Patch wolf video it does such a good job of talking he's he has said that he is gonna make a fear and hunger 2 video but the fear and hunger 1 video is like oh it's so good it's so so good it is it's up there with essential the like video essay viewing like h bomber guys pathologic video uh or um other videos that i can't yeah. think of the top of my head
0: I mean, and they're cheap. I mean, the first game is eight bucks, and the second one's twelve bucks. bucks, So,
1: yeah, but yeah, if you if you look at Google Trends, people did not know about these games really until May of this year, Um, and that's when they really exploded. Yeah,
0: overwhelming positive with forty six hundred upvotes for the second game. So, um, going back zigzag. Tatum, what is the final RPG you want to talk about?
1: Oh gosh, uh, final RPG, um,
0: or you can do like a bunch of lists and just like do a little little dabby dab here
2: and there.
1: Um, I gotta, I gotta scroll through all the RPG. Come back to me. Come back to me. Sounds good. I know. I, right. know
2: I know what I want to talk yeah. about. We did an episode on it. Um, Tales of Rise. Yeah. Here we are again. Yeah. <laughs> back again talking about Tales of Rise. Um, it's, I say this as someone who's not played the DLC. So I'm a fake fan. <laughs> I'm a fake liar, fake gamer girl. Absolutely full of shit. I yeah, want to talk to you about the DLC so bad. And that I know. makes I saw me you, so sad. I saw uh, your tweet about it. And I was like, Ugh, don't hurt me like this. <laughs> I don't want it to be bad. I mean, like, it's not going to take anything away from my yeah. enjoyment of Tales of Arise, I think. So. But yeah, I, I just think a great game, great cast of characters talking about a year full of games with great characters, Tales of Rise for me that I, I finally got to this year uh, fit that very well to me. It was like, I have known, cause I heard somebody talking about it of like Tales of Rise is like a romance game. And I'm like, not like a romance game, but mm-hmm. like the romance is a big part of that story. I remember like the first 10 hours, I was like, there wasn't any romance when I was playing. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, I found my Lord and Savior named Estrogen. And I was like, oh, I see. Okay. I I want this so badly, more badly than anything else in the world and everything that I consume right now. Um, and that's just, you know, my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Obviously not everyone's going to have that and not, describing the female experience as a whole but after final fantasy 16 which i also really liked chose not to bring it up here because you know i don't want i just didn't want to have the RPG. is it an rpg though uh i don't want to talk to those people (laughs) um and i can highlight a game that that maybe people didn't play uh after i finished 16 i wanted something kind of in that flavor that also had romance in it and i knew tales of rise it was just like perfect timing for that game for me uh and i yeah i burned through it i messaged you about it and it was like That's all right let's, let's talk about it because i need to talk to somebody about this game um i really loved it i i really think you know it, it's funny like coming to it two years after it had come out so i didn't really have the same expectations and I, I remember all the theories that I had mm-hmm. early on in the game, many of which tr- turned out to be right, but like the direction that I thought it was going to go, it really didn't. Um, you know, they're kind of setting up this other place that you're hearing about all the time. <laughs> What's going on <laughs> on Dana the dog. Like what, it, what are the Danons doing up there? Uh, and I think they do a good job of doing the tales thing of like two worlds, and then subverting that in a in a really interesting mm-hmm. way, and then like having a conversation about it and legacy, and like what's left, right? Like that 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 big feeling toward the end of that game of like, what what is the legacy of the people of this world? What's the legacy of the people of our world? Like on Rena, mm-hmm. uh, or Rena versus Dana, uh, I I really like that, and then it's all tied up with like just six really really well done characters that I really liked. I like I liked everyone on that crew and usually in a tales game that is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think Vesperia is like the only tales game outside of this where I like like I really like everybody. Um and I think they just they did a great job fleshing out each of their stories. They kind of pair everybody off um, not necessarily romantically though. And I think those pairings allow mm-hmm. for really good storytelling around the characters and like the relationships that they have, like Kisara and Dohalim have like such an interesting relationship. And like the way that they banter is so mm-hmm. different than any other character on that, that crew. Uh, and I love them <laughs> and I would die for them. Uh, and, and really what else do you, Like what else do you want out of any RPG that you play but characters that you would die for, right? Like it's true to me. That's Uh, like the thing.
0: Yeah, and I just want to say shout out to Kisara's epic flinchifo outfit from the
2: DLC from the expansion. It's Mm. so good, so good, so good. Shout out to uh, Dohalim's jade outfit. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Um, love to see some tales of the abyss rep. yeah i uh i really like that game it's really good it's very good it's fun it's easy to complete which i i like uh it's 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 got a happy ending you know it's it ends on a good note and i feel good about Mm -hmm. that uh and sometimes like especially after something like final fantasy six final fantasy 16 which is like deeply complicated and has very bad things about it like from a written perspective mm-hmm. but also like very very good things about it from a written perspective uh, it's very like you know there's good there's pros and cons tales of rise is just like comfort food and it's great and it's fun and it's flashy and pretty and the music rips the visuals rip the boss fights are fun What again what else what else can I ask for
1: it's
2: true uh, Happy to have a new Tales game at the top of my Tails list. Uh, it's been a while, and they still so should... has it subverted or uh,
0: replaced Vesperia. It, it has. Is that is why I'm here? I've,
2: I've updated my list. I was unsure when we did that that episode, but for now, it has replaced Vesperia in my in my top ten personal games of all time.
0: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Tatum, what you what you pick out?
1: So I. I can't believe it didn't come to me sooner. Um, But Liza P. Oh, yeah. Just just a top-down, completely solid, like, experience just as a game. It is so well-developed. It is polished. It is so just beautifully put together. Like, you would think if nobody told you that this wasn't, from soft game like no like people just believe they're like oh yeah of course this is obviously from soft game like it it does everything right it gets it understands why souls games work and what makes them work and uh understands the small nuances of uh the souls like genre or subgenre and it just executes them perfectly like i i have played that game 3 times through it is incredibly well done um i i love it a lot um i think i put it like number three at my game of my game of the year tier list or tier list my Mm ranking list um it's it's incredible it is such a good game i'm so excited to see what that studio does next um because they they do tease a little bit of a a sequel at the end of it um but they they also have confirmed they're making dlc for it which i'm very excited for um yeah liza p is so good um i i I can't believe it's taken this long for a studio to like figure out what's from soft was doing so right with this like subgenre that they kind of created for themselves uh and they they absolutely have the like all the way from the way the weapons feel the boss fights uh the parry system is like such a fair bar of challenging um Although they did uh, nerf a lot of the the fights um, through a number of patches because people were saying it was too hard, um, but I, which I'm a little salty over because I spent hours and hours and hours on that final boss, and whenever I finally beat it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we made it easier," like a week later, I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I went through all that for nothing. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out it wasn't nothing. I it was it was a part of the journey for me. Um,
0: I've heard nothing but good things about Liza P. And and I have a copy. It's still sealed. I'm hoping to get to it during this kind of holiday break. Uh, Ari, you'll you'll appreciate this. I've decided after watching the Game Awards and hearing you and Mike rave about Alan Wake 2, I'm finally going and playing the first Alan Wake. Oh, hell yeah. So I'm on episode five, The Clicker. Um, So it's totally not an RPG, but man, do 360 and ps3 era like games feel like have such a
2: unique feel they're so weird right they Especially are just, so weird
1: by today's standard like so wild even it's, going back to the original yeah. dark souls like that yeah. game yeah. is a weirdo
2: it's weird and it's so muddy why is everything it, so muddy yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it's such a unique feeling but i apologize for uh Stepping in, uh, Tatum,
1: with that. Uh, oh, with no. With your license I, P. I, I, said, I said my piece. That's what the um, P and Licef P stands for.
2: I have, I'm, like, same boat as you, Scott. Like, I've had it on my Xbox since it came out on Game Pass. Haven't played it. My, like, my roommate, um, my best friend Damien, who, like, plays some video games, right? He's weirdly, like, th- some of the ones he's gotten the most into are like the souls games (laughs) which like what if you're gonna play like call of duty grand theft auto and then the souls games like what a weird (laughs) third pillar to your gaming repertoire but i love it so we like you know we played bloodborne together we played uh elden ring together and had a great time and he's like really appreciates that kind of design uh, and he asked me, he's like, hey, I'm looking for something new to play. I'm like, get Liza P. I have not gotten to play it yet, but I know you like this kind of thing. And he's like, just been giving me updates for like the last month since he started playing. And every time I hear something, I'm like, oh, fuck, I really got to play this game. <laughs> like, <laughs> tell me about some boss fight with someone named Romeo that was like wild. <laughs> and he sent me like a screenshot of some horror that I was like, oh, I didn't know like this kind of thing was in this game. Oh, yo it
1: gets fucked up near the end of that game <laughs> yeah it gets bad <laughs> which is like i'm, I'm like oh like, that's like flesh tank bad are we yeah. talking about no, it? Okay. Flesh... no Fle- we're we're not in the flesh tank with legs territory oh okay but there's but... fleshy
2: things instead of it all being robots <laughs> oh yeah um and, which is and also cool. that
1: that game does a really good job of telling its story like i think that like cuz it still does it in like the Souls like fashion where it's like, all like kind of nebulous and like kind of littered around the world you have to really explore it through like environmental storytelling
3: mm-hmm. but i
1: think it does it in a way to where it is so clear of what is happening and you can put the pieces together really well and i think it's actually a really good and engaging story for that type of setting i i really i really liked it yeah i walked away from like just the story alone outside of the gameplay experience and i was like i enjoyed that that was good we we had highs we had lows it all wrapped up at the end
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and there's like dialogue
2: choices at certain points right where you get to choose to lie or not right yeah i don't know what the implication there is but i'm very excited to find out
1: Uh, the springs are reacting. That's what's happening. Oh, yeah.
2: I, I remember that little little parenthetical.
1: <laughs> like, it, all right, cool. This is it the does such shit a good I love. job of popping up. And you're like, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah, I right. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. Got to find Geppetto.
0: He's, he's stuck in the whale, right? Or has Sora rescued him? There,
1: the, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. There's no monstro. <laughs> there's no monstro in this game i figured not maybe Uh, in the dlc you were monstro
0: the whole time
1: oh shit oh shit! Uh, the the dlc implies there might be a monstro um so we'll see is there a
0: gemini cricket
1: there is Uh, yes he he is gemini uh he he is an artificial intelligence yeah
2: there's a blue fairy as well
1: um there is that, like all like all almost all the Pinocchio like things are in there that you would expect.
2: Cool, very cool. So good. What about you, Scott? What's your last uh, um last thing? So
0: for me, I want to just quickly mention uh, for friend of the show, uh, Michael Higham. I have not sunk enough time into Octopath Traveler two to speak too much on it. Um, he also got me to get it. too. It is. It is fantastic. The parts I have played, I love job based RPGs. I love 2d RPGs and I love turn-based RPGs and I love the first game. So I know I'm going to love this one. I just haven't played enough to talk on it. So that is the only reason I am not really going in depth on this right now. Sure. Um, But I, I got to talk Final Fantasy 16. I think we got to, someone has to mention it. It's, a new mainline final fantasy is always such a big deal for like the genre as a whole. And like you said, Ari, there's definitely some not so great things in terms of the narrative direction they went with, but Mm -hmm. the combat's fantastic. I love the, um, the feel of playing this game. I wish it had a bit more RPG elements. I wish we could play as the other characters. Mm Um, uh, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but this has by far my most favorite Sid of the entire franchise.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take. I agree. Okay, I love um, Sid Highwind, like, but he is also like a, a wife beater. So, like, yeah. we we have to take a minute and be like, yeah, would uh, not be yeah. a girl uh, I forget yeah. what, what they called Sid, but yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Um, but no, it's. Every one of the icon fights, every one of the summon fights, felt like a final boss fight mm. in like a traditional RPG. Like the fight with Bahamut, just the scale, the epic nature, everything that goes on. Um, yeah, just
2: the, the Bahamut
1: fight is wow, <laughs> incredible. The the Bahamut and the Titan fight are yeah, those are unreal. Uh, it mm-hmm. is, it is clear where Platinum's influence was when they were mm-hmm. like assisting on development in that game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the music uh, during the Titan fight the, is like the
0: music. A, yeah, I'm wild. <laughs> I, I still need to play through the DLC, and I but I can't wait for the Leviathan stuff. The oh, tides, yeah. oh yeah, tides that's rise. Gonna be, that's gonna be lit. I'm hearing all about
2: that. Um The first expansion, and yeah, I'll say the music in that that first DLC is oh, it's real good. It's, it's real good, <laughs>
1: very and that, and good. The fight in that is also real good. Yeah,
2: that, that's one of my favorite boss fights in that whole game, and it's like oh it's yeah really it's really hard even, it's very hard i died many times which i don't think i ever did in the base game i did in final fantasy mode, yeah but same yeah it's tough it's great
1: oh yeah, that that music during that fight is yeah so I, I appreciated good. them upping that difficulty a lot
0: mm-hmm. um and at the end of the day final fantasy 6 16 gave us the majesty that is ben star yeah um who I am going to do my absolute best to try and get him on the show next year to talk about Final Fantasy VIII as, I think, the premier um, spokesperson for the wonder that is Final Fantasy VIII Mm -hmm. at this point. I need to talk to him about that. Do you think Um, he
2: uh, carries, like, his triple triad deck on him at all times? I
0: hope so. So And so much i want to talk to him about and just like nerd out about final fantasy 8 about um
1: but no um i i hung out with him for a bit at game awards uh, he seems he, so nice he rocks dude ben star's so good like he's i so I, nice i look, told him i started octopath traveler 2, and he got the most serious look on his face and he leaned down a little bit and he's like who did you start with <laughs> <laughs> It's a man who like, gets I, it. I told him I was like, I, I think his name's Oswald. He like shook his head for a little bit. He like was very silent. And he's like, "It's a pretty good choice." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great story. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I,
2: he rocks. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, Ben Starr. Like, say say what you will about Final Fantasy Sixteen. If you don't like it, I'm sure I know that there are a lot of folks that that really didn't jive with it. But like, Clive Rossfield is one of my favorite Final Fantasy protagonists. Period. And a lot of it has to do with his just absolutely wholesale in into the end of time, full earnest performance. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like there's a scene at the end of that game, like right in the very final part of that game with him that like destroyed me, absolutely shattered me to a thousand little tiny pieces. And it was just so powerful mm-hmm. uh and he has a lot of great moments a lot of great monologues in that game as clive and it's also like you you appreciate now that ben star has been out there doing ben star stuff for so long it's like yeah clive it does not like it is a voice it is a, like a performance that he's putting on it is not like just what ben star sounds like mm-hmm. which i just had that impression in my head for a while yeah we, we just
1: said that we're bringing him into warframe
2: hell yeah
0: yeah ben star's uh the main character in warframe 1999
1: he sure is he's playing arthur very cool
2: yeah i he's a great actor i think and and his performances is very worthy of attention oh my he, gosh yeah, absolutely. He
1: and, it. and shout out to neil newbin who won best performer game awards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An- Just...
2: another performance that made me cry <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> no <year>. doubt. So <laughs> a lot of a lot of performances made me cry his fucking destroy me as well
0: <laughs> and a ben Starr of... became a meme so you know it yeah. all it balanced yeah. out at the end
1: a lot up. of like really stellar performances this year i think too totally totally like yeah
2: the actress who plays lazelle in uh bulger skate 3 oh inc- yeah incredible
1: honestly like oh that whole cast yeah, I know where we keep it, coming back to, it, but... back to it. All those games. <laughs>
2: but like to to what you're saying about Final Fantasy 16, I I don't know. Like, I think we can get too caught up in the what does a Final Fantasy need to be mm-hmm. to be Final Fantasy bullshit, and it I like just enjoy that they announced this game a few years ago. They talked about it. It came out. It's happened. We had our moment with it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get some DLC, and we can go. We can like move on again, like to the next one. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, no, I don't think every Final Fantasy needs to be what 15 was trying to be, where it's like this cultural moment in the media empire. Kind yeah, of. like with a movie and a TV show and all this stuff that yeah. like just truly doesn't fucking matter. I love that Final Fantasy 16 you're in it stands on its own it's going to give you everything you want to have a full video game and then you'll be done and and hopefully you you enjoyed your time with it and hopefully like the message of the story had an impact on you um and the characters and how they were performed and delivered and we don't mm-hmm. have to like you know we're going to be talking about it for years and years because it is somebody's <laughs> final, favorite final fantasy yeah um but like we don't have to like we don't have to go through like 12 spinoffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can, yeah, it can be over now and we can move on to the next one.
1: And there's, there's a really good like perspective on 16 that I think a lot of people should kind of, I don't know. I don't know if this is a popular perspective or not, but I feel like it should be noted that 16 is very much a new era of like, it is kicking off a new era of final fantasy because from mm-hmm. 15 back, like all of those projects started, like before the 2010s and this was the first one that was like not stuck in development hell limbo and mm-hmm. like actually started had a development cycle that was not stretched out like it, it had a normal mm-hmm. death cycle like you said they announced it they talked about it it came out and it's done like yeah there there was no uh like internal politics that just kept it from going anywhere like and the and the staff that worked on it like this was the first final fantasy game that that a number of them have worked on as well Mm -hmm. so like this it truly is like a new generation of final fantasy kicking off with 16 and i think that is really notable because like Mm -hmm. all final fantasy 15 came out in like 2014 like that game was originally announced like back in like what 2008 2009 like it was stuck in development hell for a long time yeah yeah
0: and I think the Final Fantasy, I think Square is in a position now that they can have Final Fantasy be their like their big show off. Like this is like show off our tech kind of franchise. That. Exactly. But they have so many other franchises now that those pure like the purists that want their, those classic kind of RPG style games like those turn based things they have those now with with your Octopath, with your Bravely Default. You have them last year. They brought back Tactics Ogre, like they have Triangle Strategy for like straight, Like they have other avenues that people can get their um, scratch that itch of those kind of more classic feeling games. Giving Final Fantasy, I, I hope giving Final Fantasy an avenue where it can they can take more chances with it like the much more heavier focus on action and combat that like they were in 16 because they have those other games to scratch the itches for those turn-based and stuff i hope
2: yeah and they can play around with stuff like yeah the icon battles and action combat and stuff like that like the next final fantasy might go back to a turn-based right like it's totally fine if it does I, yeah yeah mm-hmm. It's totally fun if it doesn't, right? Like the
1: the more yeah. experimental Final Fantasy is with what it is, I think as long as it maintains like its core, I think we're gonna be getting the best experiences out of that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they just need to re reintroduce and reincorporate the Gambit system from twelve and everything and triple triad and it will be all fine.
2: Uh oh, that
0: that I will I, never I, stop I, preaching I <laughs> and demanding that the gambit you. system it's reintroduced and it was the stupidest decision that they haven't kept that in all subsequent final fantasies with ai controlled characters i can't follow
1: you down this road
2: damn you're the first one that i've been present at least where they were like actually i can't i can't go with you on this one
1: i'm gonna be i'm gonna be real 12 is one of my least favorite final fantasies
0: Oof. uh 12 is one of my favorites I'm so sorry. Sorry, it's it, 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 you know it's fine because there's an there's a Final Fantasy for everybody, Tatum. That's true. That is
1: true. And that's you know true. what? That's that's, why, that's fine. That's why Final Fantasy Thirteen is one of the greatest.
2: Thirteen's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna pretend like I have a strong position on this one, but yeah, thirteen's a weird one. Uh I that's like Final Fantasy sixteen is like way more my speed too, like it was really fun being able to do stuff like final fantasy mode and like Mm -hmm. get into the end game challenges because like normally I don't really do that with final fantasy specifically because I don't like the combat or there's something about it that I'm just like, okay, I've had enough, you know? (laughs) Um, And like, this is, I I think a a good entry point for a lot of people that, that have played stuff like tales for years and years Mm -hmm. and years and want to try final fantasy, try the other, other side of the pond out and see what it's like. But yeah, I I think to what you're saying, Tatum, like we're in that, in my opinion, like after years have passed and Lord knows, well, we'll see. My hope is that like the Final Fantasy VII remake series and 16 and potentially one other game are going to be like the PS5 era of Final Fantasy in a similar sense to like the PS1 era of Final Fantasy Um because they're all, they are kind of similar in in how they look visually, certainly stylistically and art direction wise. There's a lot of differences, but that's also true of Final Fantasy seven, VII, eight, and nine. Um, and I, I hope that we can have like a little pocket of Final Fantasy that happens quickly back to back. It's weird. I agree, and I know people are upset about the seven remake being three parts or whatever. Sure, I'm not here to get upset about that because whatever
1: um I'm so down for it yeah it's i'm
2: i am too i'm a, so wild you want to talk about being a mark <laughs> like when that <laughs> fucking golden saucer shits showed up in that trailer i was like Woo, baby we're we're going back uh actually crying at this fucking key art of all nine characters together for the first mm-hmm. time oh yeah so like you know but i think it's cool that like you had this another experiment final fantasy seven remake project that's going to be three games and 16 that's its own thing for sure but like clearly heavily inspired by 14 and 14 having alongside of that and then potentially something else to kind of sit with that um yeah i, I think we're in like a really cool era of square enix uh, i just need them to set more realistic financial goals <laughs> yeah that's it that would that would help that would help <laughs>
0: that would help also uh uh switch hd remaster bravely default and bravely second please
2: um yeah why hasn't that happened yet i don't know it's so I weird i don't know Ugh,
0: it just oh hurts me hurts me every day but those are some of our favorite rpgs of the year and a couple of you also submitted your favorite rpgs mm. from the year as well Excellent. including at trevor j starkey on twitter Trevor says, Final Fantasy 16 served as a more action RPG-driven entry for the series and told one of the most compelling tales of the franchise, even if the ending left me underwhelmed. Thirsty suitors had a ton of style and had one of the strongest voices in the game this year. Oh, and revisiting Super Mario RPG was a ton of nostalgic fun and left me more excited for the Thousand Year Door remaster. And, at DJ Stormageddon on Twitter, Matt from my... Uh, divinity and baldur's gate crew sea of stars was a blast and has absolutely become one of my all-time favorite
2: rpgs thank you matt i see you and i i recognize you i appreciate you (laughs) but uh what a what
0: a strong year for rpgs i mean we didn't talk and there are some strange rpgs that didn't hit nearly as well as i think in the previous years they would we didn't even touch on Diablo Four or Starfield. We didn't touch on, uh, like a Dragon Eshin finally coming over. Cyberpunk we didn't expansion, touch Cyberpunk expansion, Fire Emblem Engage, Forspoken, um, as just uh, Remnant Two. I spent some time with. We there were so many yeah. games, so so many RPGs this year. Um, it, it's wild. It, it it's absolutely wild, and we are going to be. <laughs> hitting the ground hard and drowning. running <laughs> with no. persona three remake final fantasy seven rebirth uh paper mario thousand year door Remaster probably in the first quarter or first half of next year it's like we are hitting the ground running and i'm already tired <laughs> yep <laughs>
2: I'm, like, stoked, tired there, because, like, you're yeah. literally... Final Fantasy seven Rebirth and Persona 3 in the same month is, like, truly foundational to Ari e. O'Neill's being. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... Ooh, it's going to be a good February, I think. Yeah. Um, are there
0: any RPGs you hope get announced or released next year? Tatum, we'll start with you.
1: Look, I could have... The- everything I could ever want. Is coming out next year we're getting the next final fantasy 7 installment we're getting dragon's Dogma 2 we're getting oh yeah uh, oh, the paper mario remaster like how how could i ask for more scott i'm so- uh
0: mega man battle network 7 announcement
1: don't do that.
0: <laughs> you you Don't asked. You asked,
1: you asked. You <laughs> asked. Don't no uh, You're gonna make me want more things and I just wanna be content, Scott. Mega
0: Man turned thirty six this week. <laughs> Mega Man X turned thirty this week.
1: Yeah. How old did Battle Network turn?
0: Uh last year it was twenty, I wanna say?
1: Damn, sounds like or this game. year it
0: was 20 it, it was like a really recent
1: year to put a seventh game
2: right <laughs> yeah that's three, what i don't know three times seven is 21 the yeah is 21. If, you, if you
1: think about it <laughs> oh man those games are so good yeah. what's
2: what's one for you before i have to go scott what's like one that you want to announce next year i hope we get an announcement of
0: the second part of uh trails into daybreak like sure. with that announcement like at the end be like and this is also coming like don't we know what's happening but just give us like a window and and honestly once rebirth comes out my brain will probably switch into kingdom hearts 4 news mode ooh
2: yeah yeah it's been a while
0: um it's about time i, I i'd like some i don't need a release date just start start trip feeding them
2: yeah i think you're right i think it's time they got missing link is coming out they'll use that to like get the real sick excited
1: <laughs> um, fuck
2: mobile
0: games that's all I, gotta say. I can't i've never been able to get into mobile games sure yo
1: you need to play fantasia Fantas- that's coming
0: uh, that's supposed to be coming to like other platforms or at least steam that's not mobile and at that point i a hundred percent will i've been I waiting for thing, this
1: it kind of rips on mobile it's really good the, the i don't touch... have an
2: apple i don't have a, a an oh, iphone well,
1: that'll do it that'll do it
2: <laughs> yeah it's always something uh, uh yeah I,
1: is incredible
2: i can't i can't do it either scott so you're you're yeah. fine um yeah I, I think it's time to announce the next tales game like mm-hmm. real tales game like I kind of thought that might happen this year with the expansion coming out. It's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. I understand why you haven't. You're probably working on this for a while, too. Um, Yeah, I I think Tales, whatever the next Tales is, or we've been beating this drum for how many years, Scott? Like, where are all the PS3 games? (laughs) Like, can we put them on something? (laughs)
1: Please!
0: Sly Cooper 5, let's go.
1: (laughs) Okay, but now we're at RPG universe. <laughs> you know what? I take it back. I, I there is something that I'm hoping for. I don't think it'll be next year, but uh, a new near game would be great. Ooh! I.
0: There I, you go. Let's see what Katara
1: up to. They look. He's been cooking on something back there. That's I don't know true. What it is? There's a lot of smoke. It
0: might be meth,
1: but uh, there's a lot of he, smoke. It smells a little like bank, but like he put like <laughs> he he brings it out and it looks incredible and it tastes incredible and it just makes you feel awful but you appreciate that it does
2: sure are sure. you tatum are you more of a near automata person or a near replicant person Near
1: replicant is one of the greatest video games ever made
2: sure all right we're on the same we're in the same camp on that please
1: regard. go listen to normandy fm they're doing a near season it's so good Ooh. okay I might check also
0: that go listen to rpg use episode featuring Near replicant
2: oh yeah who'd you have on for that
0: um sam uh
2: <laughs> pull the last name uh
0: <laughs> little arcane uh online got
2: so. it got it. got it um oh
1: a good pull yeah
2: yeah i don't know i think that's it tails i think near is a good one I you know give me a name for this last Final Fantasy seven game by the end of the year, it's going to be, be called Final Re- Fantasy seven reunion.
1: Re- no, they already used reunion. They
2: already did that one.
1: It's going to no be called Re- it's going to be called revival. Crisis oh. Core is reunion.
2: Oh, revival yeah. is good. Resurrection is good. I don't like reset. Reset's been going around. I don't know how no I feel way. about that. It's gonna-
1: I am staking my flag in the ground. It is being called revival. I will what, die on this.
2: Here, call it re-advent children, <laughs> <laughs>
0: or revent
2: children. Revent children. Yes, actually, you got me. Uh, any of this will work with me. <laughs> Mostly re-advent. Re-advent
1: children, right? children. All one word is so funny. <laughs>
2: Yep. I'm thinking specifically of the revengeance box art when I'm saying it. So Oh, that's
1: very good. That's where I'm going. Just call it
2: Revengeance. Yeah, actually just call it Revengeance. <laughs> what what yes. do you think Sephiroth's been up to? Throw Raiden in. Revengeance.
1: That's what he's Give. been trying to do. Yeah.
0: Put Sephiroth in Raiden's ninja cyber ninja outfit. Yeah. yeah awesome.
1: I, I do uh, I guess I do also have to say, as an employee of Digital Extremes, that works on Warframe and Soul Frame that I should say uh, I'm looking forward to Soul Frame. It's gonna it's gonna be tight. I am super biased in saying that, but y'all, Soul Frame looks so good. I can't I can't wait for that to come. Hell out. yeah! No, be proud,
2: loud and proud,
0: damn straight. Mm-hmm. But uh well, this year has been very tiring. So yeah. many good games. Uh, next year will probably be tiring as well, but hopefully not quite as so. But Thank you, Tatum. Thank you, Ari, both of you for coming on and kind of sharing and talking about the RPGs you love from 2023. It was a great time talking to you both.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to be here. Nice to hang out with you for the first time, Tatum. Yeah. Super great meeting you.
0: Of course. Um, But where can people find you both online? What do you have cooking? Uh, Go ahead and plug away your stuff. If you so, so choose
2: uh you follow me at re means wind on everything i'm writing stuff i'm doing stuff uh, it is how we haven't talked about it since last time <laughs> i was on it was been a while since i was on i'm I'm out here getting paid and doing stuff now y'all <laughs> aren't you proud of me please so proud see me uh i'm writing for fanbite uh i'm writing destiny 2 guides and opinion pieces um, I've I just I submitted my draft for top ten warlock exotics, um, just today. So look forward to that soon. But yeah, I'll, what, I'll... what's
0: your number one? Oh, give, us, there, there give no, us a tease. Give us number two.
2: they are no particular order. Uh, I didn't have to. Uh, <laughs> and I was like cool. <laughs> but I was I'll shout out osmium anti gloves. Still good, even better this season, y'all. Uh, throw your stasis turrets out and have a good time um but yeah i'm doing that um there will potentially be something for game of the year outside of this for irrational passions um and i might write a, a top 10 list so RationalPassions.com. as always i'm there uh and yeah i'm i'm working on something for 2023 or 2024 that's the next one um uh, i'm working on something that i would like to start doing in january um look forward to it we'll see well, life happens, but I'm I'm going to be out there doing stuff in 2024. And you have like a and d show or something, right? Yes, I do. We have a and d <laughs> show as well. You're right. I'm, I'm like forgetting half of what I'm supposed to say. It's been too long <laughs> since I've been on a podcast. Um, IP D&D. Check it out every month. Scott and I are there. Scott hasn't been there for a little bit, but I had a kid. Crazy yeah. how how that happens. But I'm, I'm coming back yes kane Kane is coming back the next episode that we were recording which we haven't had an episode for like two months because because we had the scheduling scheduling and stuff um but the next episode we're recording scott will be there so look forward to it kane's coming back yep uh i don't have to awkwardly push him off to the side (laughs) there you go
0: there you go and tatum where what about you where can people find you online
1: um you can find me in various places uh on socials at either at no way tatum or just at Tatum uh if you're uh, if you're on Blue Sky. Um and I don't I don't I mean I do PR, I press releases for video games. Like if if you if you go to gamespress.gg and look for press releases, like it's probably there. Uh I don't know. Heck yeah, that's hard uh, work right there. I, look I just email people all day and say please please r- r- say words about my video game please I'm begging you no uh, uh, please uh, check out Warframe and Soulframe um, those are good video games one of them is out one of them is not Warframe's been around for 10 years super crazy uh, and also I have a personal podcast project that I'm working on right now that will be launching in the new year so stay tuned I guess for my my social feeds to see when that goes live Heck yeah, Heck
0: and yeah. hopefully in the first quarter of next year, you'll be on to tell and preach the good word of Mega Man Battle Network Five as well. So hell yeah, hell <laughs> yeah, <so> good. <laughs> the whole series so good,
1: but Five though so, who. who.
0: Um, but thank you to each and every one of you who has listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast services. I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode like Mega Man Battle Network 5, tweet Mm -hmm. at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at ProfessorRPG. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, have a wonderful holiday and new year, and class dismissed. See you in 2024.